Hey everybody, this is Senior Pastor Joshua B. Carson saying thank you for tuning into the CT Podcast. We hope that your time here, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're sitting at home with a journal and listening in, we hope that it's effective. Maybe it'll be inspirational, encouraging, maybe it'll be thought-provoking. Regardless of what session you're listening to, we truly pray that this is a benefit to you and to your family. God bless and enjoy the podcast. Thank you, Lord, for salvation, that free gift of salvation that we all get to participate in freely. Doesn't cost you anything. He gave it freely to every single one of us, and for that, we are all thankful. And when we sing that song, it makes sense why we can connect to that because we all needed that free gift of salvation. Before you're seated this morning, I want you to turn, I want you to turn to about five, six people that you don't normally talk to, and I want you to introduce yourself. I want you to tell them what your first name is and welcome them to Calvary Tab this morning. Will you do that? Once you're done speaking to a few people around you, if you don't mind, you can go ahead and be seated. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord this morning, being about your father's business. We're gonna continue on in this part of the series of King Kingdom Living, and we're gonna be discussing today the mission of a disciple. This is something I have been passionate about since I've actually come in church for most of my life. What is that going on? 20, I don't know, 20 some years now. And uh, I love, I love the, subject, the subject about being a disciple of Christ because it, it means a lot in that phrase. I am a Christian, a what? A Christ-following person. Uh, and I know most of you in this place are the same, but we're gonna talk a little bit about some of these things. And if, if I was in class with Brother Brown, he'd say, tell them, tell them what you're gonna tell them, and then tell them again. So we're gonna talk a little bit here this morning about being light, salt, and being, and being a city set on a hill that will not be hid. And uh, I don't think that there's anybody like that this morning, but I do wanna bring some clarity maybe uh, to somebody that's new, newer, and for some that have maybe even waxed just a little bit cold, because how many knows, uh, over a little bit of time and pressure and stress of life, sometimes we can lose the urgency of what it really means to be a disciple. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to read a few verses there from 13 to verse 16. And also just want to say thank you, Pastor, for allowing me the honor for this, uh, this opportunity. Brother Lopez, thank you as well. I want to thank him publicly for humiliating me a couple of different times in my illustration uh, for, one, for one of the, the teachings that we had last year. Uh, those are real weights. I may not look all that strong, but they, they are real weights. 
uh, that go to a Bowflex machine that don't weigh as much as it normally would. But at any rate, had a good time with that and uh, appreciate your friendship. Are we ready to dive into some things here this morning? Let's do it. Verse 13, ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt have lost his savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, somebody say good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden underfoot of men. The Lord wants us to be the salt of the earth. So we're going to keep that in mind as we're moving forward to verse 14. Ye are the light of the world. Somebody point to yourself and say, I am. I am the light of the world. He chose you. He chose you. He chose me to be the light of the world, to represent him, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hid. Verse 15, neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. How many remember being in Sunday school or around some type of a Sunday school where they, they sung the little song, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, somebody can help me. I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Seems elementary, but the facts are is that song had a lot of cool doctrine in it. Some biblical stances in it. It said that one of the next verses said, I won't let Satan it out. We got to be purposeful. We got to be intentional about not allowing the light, that candlestick inside of our lives, that reflection of God's glory to be blown out. Amen. Amen. And so uh, we've got to be intentional on how we're going to go about doing that. I, I, I don't know, just by pulling the crowd a little bit here, we had, the, we had some huge power outages in the last week. How many lost power to your home just by the lifting of your hands? All over, salt and peppered all around this place. From Thursday to Monday evening, we were without power. And that's a long time to try to keep food and everything in those refrigerators, all right? I know some in this place lost all that you had uh, in the freezers and the refrigerators and cost you some, some money there. Uh, it, it cost just as much trying to get a generator and get that going as well. And, uh, but we were, we were living that dream, living our best life as the power outage was affecting our lives in our home. But it made you also just come to appreciation in a lot deeper way about the electricity component and the light that comes, the AC that comes, all the different things that come with the power that we have that we can tap into. And I was thinking about that when it came to even this lesson. It's important that we're tapped into the source. It's it's important that we're tapped into the source. And it's not going to happen by accident. We have to be purposeful about that. Uh, we don't want to just hear about the problem, but how do we find the resolve? How do we find application on how to bring things in a sense of, in a better way from where we're dealing with? I want to, I want to go to another little portion of scripture here that everybody mostly in this room would be familiar with. And that's Matthew 28 verses 18 through 20. And I want to read a few verses here in your hearing as well, because part of being the salt, part of being light is actually pointing to the great commission. And what is that? 18 says, and Jesus came and he spake unto them saying, all power, somebody say all power, not just a little bit, not just a fragment, not just a, he's going to give you just a little bit. He's going to give you all power to be able to accomplish some things here. And what is that? He's going to give you power uh, in heaven and earth. Well, uh, to reach all nations, verse 19, to go and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father, the son, and the Holy ghost 
teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. I want you to know I'm not leaving you by yourself. I'm not leaving you with a fraction or a fragment of something that's going to help you. I'm going to, I'm going to leave you whole. I'm going to leave you empowered. I'm going to invest in you in a way that you can face any trial, any situation, and come out on top, come out being victorious. Amen? I'm thankful for that power. People talk about, I don't, I'm not a Hebrew, I barely can speak English, but they talk about dunamos power. Bang, TNT. When you get a hold of the Lord, you get some of that TNT power that can cause things to take place that would never be uh, uh, something that you could accomplish on your own. I just was speaking to a, a, a few friends here earlier, right before service, that was talking about there's a couple of us in this room that are praying about receiving the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, today is the day of salvation. Today is. Today is. Here, here we go again, pulling the crowd. How many have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of tongues? Can I see you lift up your hands in this place? There's a whole bunch of you. It's a witness that needs to be acknowledged because the fact is, is God did that yesterday. He's, he's doing it today and he's going to continue to do it. He's the same God that we've been talking about here. Pastor's been doing a great job with these series that he's brought out. If you weren't here Wednesday, he's talking about the oneness of God. Now, I don't want to try to reteach his lesson, but that's, I, that's one of my candy sticks. When I first came in this thing, I didn't know the difference of one God, three God, two gods, whatever God. I just knew that, the, I knew that there was a God. I just didn't know how that all played out until I started getting in scripture. And faith cometh by hearing of the word. And after I kept hearing the word and talking to some very blockheaded people here at Calvary Tabernacle, at IBC, at some of these different places, and I was sitting down and I'm playing devil's advocate because I didn't know one way or the other. And I just thought, well, this is really cute. Everybody trying to tell me that I'm not saved or that I need something more uh, when I just got through talking to God this morning. <laughs> but the more we dove in, the more I digested and ingested the word of God, I was like, stop the train. I see something here, Brother Carson, that I've not seen or heard preached in all the other churches that I was going to. And this thing about you must be born again of water and spirit was something I couldn't shake loose. Uh, there was a point that I did get baptized with water up here. Brother Sleva baptized me. And I remember, I remember when I came up out of that water, I thought there was going to be like this crazy tongue thing that was like on fire that was going to just boom, hit me. And I, my tongue was going to have a seizure. It was going to be like, ah! going crazy or something. Oh, don't tell me I'm the only one by myself. This was different. I've not heard this message before. And all of a sudden, I came up out of that water and that did not happen. But I will tell you, just a few months later, I was in a prayer meeting with three other people. Uh, I'm just going to leave that right there. You can be a part, you know, you can be a part of God's plan for the right now and, and somehow walk away from the path because of some hurts and because of some betrayals that you experience, man, I'll tell you what, don't let nothing, don't let anything separate you from the love of God. Don't let anything separate you from the love of God. Amen? Because he wants us to be the light. How are you going to be the light if you're covering it up? Won't let Satan, no, punk devil, get out of here. I, I'm filled with the fire, the fire. And I'm, I'm, I want you to experience it as well. Oh, you know what? I forgot. You're not supposed to say punk in a pulpit. Forgive me on that one. That did slip. But I will tell you, when I did receive the baptism of the Spirit, 
it was absolutely life-changing to experience him being poured into me. I can't tell you that I've done everything perfect because I don't think there's anyone perfect but him. The more I find out, you know, we could all get a magnifying glass and we can come up to the most holy person in here. And I don't care who it is, we get real close, we're gonna see humanity. But you know what's cool about God? Is he knows about that. Nothing caught him off guard or surprise, and he's like, I'm gonna give you power to be a witness. I'm gonna give you power to overcome the sin issue. And, and when we understand truly what we're tapping into, all of a sudden drugs become something that we're not trying to cope with anymore. All of a sudden, I was coping with this thing and that thing, I could start getting into all the names, but the facts are I'll leave a pastor to do all that stuff. But, but the thing is, is I start to learn to cope in the spirit and all of a sudden now I'm soaring like an eagle, overcoming stuff that I never was able to overcome before. That's because of the power of the spirit working in us. Amen. Part, part of the mission as a disciple of Jesus Christ is to do a couple of things. One, it's to go and teach. Not everybody in here is called to be a pastor. I get that. But every single one of us are, are called to go and teach. Every single one of us. I think this is a concept sometimes that's lost in church because we show up and we tap in. I put my time in. I was there at 10 o'clock. I heard Brother Fridley. And then we go on about our business for the rest of the week and unplug from what God truly has for his people. If you've not, if you've not taught a Bible study, you're missing something huge. Well, you don't know how nervous I get talking to people. I'm nervous right now. But I'm still going to talk to people because I was asked to. But it's, it goes beyond that. God can help change your personality and change situations and circumstances that, to, to be able to deal with stuff that used to not be comfortable that now all of a sudden becomes addictive. Have you, ever sat at a, have you ever sat at a coffee shop sitting across from somebody that doesn't really know the Lord but has a hunger and a thirst that they can't explain for him? And all of a sudden, you start opening up the pages of that book and you start reading and discussing and talking about this power source, this gift of life that is something that you can't describe. Do you know what it's like to meet a Christian when you are struggling with deep despair and depression and all of a sudden you see somebody that's got joy unspeakable? It's like, I don't know what you got, but I got I to gotta tap into some of that. It's in, it's in them moments when you're sitting down at a table and you're talking to them that all of a sudden, I can't tell you how many times tears start pouring down a man or a woman's face as they're feeling the presence of God. They don't know how to explain it. They don't know what's necessarily going on in the atmosphere, but God's changing some stuff. God's moving mountains out the way so that he can come in and bring restoration and healing to a broken and a hurt person. That's what this is all about. I know, I know we're busy. We're busy. I'm a busy person. I work a lot. I'm going crazy. But you know what? We can't be so busy that we're not paying attention to the fact that God's called all of us to teach, called all of us to reach and empower people to be able to do what we ourselves now can do because of his grace and mercy. Amen? Go and teach. I, I, I got to stop. I feel a check in my spirit. Some of you are afraid, afraid of rejection. You're afraid that somebody's not going to receive you right or that you're not going to be able to give an answer to the question that's going to be asked of you. And I'm going to tell you right now, 
Tell the devil, get out of my way. Get out of my face. I'm here to do my father's business. Put your hand to the plow and watch, taste, and see what the Lord will do for you, with you, through you. And all of a sudden, when you're walking somebody up there in that place of baptism and, they, and you see them go down in that awesome name that covers them, they go down in that as a, the old man's passed away, coming up a new creature in Christ, you have had a part in that. There is nothing like that. I want to be a disciple. I want to be his disciple. Amen? We are to be the salt and light of men and women everywhere, compelling them to come and see, to come and taste the Lord said, taste and see, oh, that I am good. He's kind of kind of arrogant and cocky that way. You go anywhere else, you're going to still be thirsty. You come right here, you're going to be filled. You, come right, you go anywhere else, you're going to be empty, tanks on fumes. But you come here, I'm going to fill you to overflowing. Why can he do that? Because when you understand the nature of God, when you understand the oneness of God, when you understand who he is, he's the creator of all things. He spoke the worlds into existence to understand the kind of God that we have. He took dust, dirt, and he just started lumping all this mess together and he breathed into the nostrils of man and created a living soul. That's the kind of God we serve. He has no ending. He has no beginning. He just always was. Well, that's hard for my mind to grasp. I, I get that. I was there too. And I still, I still struggle. How did you have no beginning? But I'm going to tell you what, it's a far, far bigger stretch to try to believe some big bang theory. You're going to somehow have some kind of matter coming together and this and that happen. And all of a sudden there's going to be all this organized stuff. That's, no, if you watch the natural debilitating aspect of life and nature everywhere, it starts to break down. God's the only one that can speak life and speak it in a way that right now it's perfect. Adam and Eve, he spoke, he, he, brought, he brought the first man and woman into, into place and made them perfect and whole. Who else can do that? Nobody. It's my God. He's my creator. And when it comes to your circumstance you're facing, I know the trouble seems rough. The struggle seems real. But I'll tell you right now, if you'll tap into him, you'll tap. I'm not talking about some little willy-nilly prayer. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep if I die on this, blah, blah. I'm talking getting a hold of the horns of the altar. I'm talking about that place at home to where maybe the wife and your children don't even know what's going on, but you're tapping in. God, I need you to come into this situation and Lord, that you will change some things. Lord, you, I mean, think about this. You have the creative power to speak something. You speak life into my situation and where there was nothing happening, all of a sudden you create something out of nothing. All you have to do, all you have to do is to hear, see, see somebody that has lost their hearing over time or was born without some hearing, all of a sudden receive some hearing to go, whoa, that's God. That didn't come from a pill. That didn't come from a shot. That came from Almighty God, faith in our Creator. When you see eyes that have been blind, opened. We talked about it here just a little while ago about blind Bartimaeus. When you see the blinded eyes open, my God, you're good. You see somebody, they're going through the storm, and they're going through the storm of life, and God just stepped up on the edge of that boat, and he's just like, I'm going to tell you what right now. Peace! Be still! And what seemed to be absolutely impossible, all of a sudden, like a glass pond. That's my God. 
That's our God. If you haven't drank of the cup of being his disciple, today's the day. Today's the day. You don't have to get outside of these walls but just a few steps and you can see the darkness that is approaching. You can see the despair, the depression that people are going to, going through. You can see, man, here, you don't have to be around very far. You don't have to be in a little elementary school or a middle school to see how much suicide is going on in, in thoughts of suicide with our children, our youth. I'm tell you what, it's time. There was an old Carmen song. I believe he was kind of weird, but he was, he was ahead of his time in his day. And he was talking about, or was it the Gaithers? I can't remember. <laughs> it's time we the people stand up for what is right. It's time to square our shoulders back and erase our swords to fight. For the Bible is our weapon and the spirit is our shield. The church needs more of its members to be workers in the field. Step into, we need to step into the water. We need to step into the water. And I'm not talking about this little ankle cute stuff. Oh, look, I just got my toes wet. We need to dive in to what God has for us. We need to take the plunge. If I was young enough, I'd jump up on this thing right here and be like, woo, jump down in here and be like, yeah, get you some. Because that's the kind of God we have, and that's the kind of God we serve. And when he sees faith like that, he's like, boom, that's my boy. Boom, that's my girl. And he just all of a sudden starts opening up doors and windows, and the power and flow of the Spirit starts to just come through and change your situation. How many is thankful for that? Amen. Hallelujah. That is the Great Commission. Salt. Salt. It's a powerful thing. Anyone that cooks knows the value of it. Most of you men are like, huh? <laughs> salt is a strong ingredient by itself. One can quickly tell if a dish is oversalted, but used in the right proportion, salt actually draws out flavors and elevates the taste of the entire dish. Sorry I'm talking like this because some of you miss breakfast and you're like, oh, I'm getting hungry. <laughs> Jesus described his people as the salt of the earth. True Christians, now, now hear me on this, true Christians draw out the essence of who people are supposed to be. Just as salt helps elevate true flavors, Christians on God's mission help draw people out of the world. We have a purpose. We're trying to draw people out of the world. Do we forget that there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun? I'm telling you, most, there's a whole lot more of us that are sitting right here. I'm not here to condemn or to say anything stupid to you. We need to start going to funerals more. We really do. We need a wake-up call to go to a funeral, stand over a casket of a loved one, a friend, a family, even a neighbor, or a neighbor's friend or family, and stand over that casket, turn around and take a look at who's in the congregation or who is in the area and see the desperate hurt on people's faces. To be face-to-face -face with eternity. People don't know what to do with it, so they drink it away. They smoke it away. They have multiple relationships away. They do all kinds of different things. They try to drown it out. But I'm going to tell you, if the church knew the day and hour that we're living in, we would start letting that light shine. We would start letting our, uh, our understanding about being that salt start to all of a sudden come up and start being that person that compels folk to come. I know I'm teaching right here on Brother Trainos. He, he, this right here is like sick him to a bulldog. He, he, loves, he loves this concept and, this, and the stuff that we're discussing and talking about here. But God wants us to be that salt. He wants us to draw people out of the clutches of hell 
through the power of his spirit. All humanity was made in God's image. Just thinking about that alone, we are made in the image of almighty God. How blessed we are. How blessed we are. But unfortunately, that image has been broken, abused, and watered down. It's the works of sin. It's the works of flesh. But assault of the earth, Christ, of, the, of, of the earth Christian can look past that brokenness. I might have wrote something wrong there. Draw out the image of God in that individual and help restore him or her to God's original intention. How many thankful for the salt? I have to take a little pregnant pause right now and lift up a little illustrative aspect of salt here. Salt is powerful, not just for your food. It's been, it's been discussed by Brother Trano multiple times that I've, that I've heard him speak about it. Uh, when it comes to light, I'm jumping ahead on the light aspect, but light does something very powerful as it gradually changes the atmosphere, gradually changing the circumstance and situation. But sometimes you don't have that gradual time frame to work with. I need God in a now situation. I need God to move right this minute. Not because he's my genie in a bottle that I rub a couple of times here to get my three wishes. It's because he is the God that can't be untapped or overtapped. He's the God that can reach right into my situation, my present circumstance right now and bring change. You take, you take a bunch of ice, a bunch of cold stuff out here that nobody wants to drive on, throw some salt down and immediately it starts to break it up and dissipate the frozen ice on the ground. The Lord wants us to be the salt of the earth. He wants us to be part of what's going on in that whole thing, helping break down the icy barriers around people's hearts. Amen? But he also wants us to be not king of the hill, but a city on the hill. He wants us to be a city on a hill. I brought a little illustration here too because some of you are already about to fall asleep with my discussion points. So I just want to blind you all real quick. <laughs> Better wake on up. And talk about for just a second about being a city on a hill. There's something very powerful when you're driving up to places that have uh, mile markers, have, have different things. You know when you've been out of town for a little while and you come in on that one road where all of a sudden you can start to see downtown or you start to see certain lights, you start to see some things that are taking place. Where I came from, from Salt Lake, you come in, you start to come into the valley, boom, the whole place just lights up. There's something about being a city on the hill that the Lord wanted us to find some simple concepts in. That no matter where people are, and I'm especially talking about prodigals, I'm talking about people that have walked away, I'm talking about people that got hurt by somebody in yesteryear that are struggling really bad right now, but you know what? Life's not letting up. They're trying to drink it out, but it ain't getting drunk out. They're trying to smoke it out, but it ain't getting smoked out. And so what they're doing and what they're, what they're thinking about is, what, where was I the most happiest? Where did I have the most peace? Where did I have the most rest? And you know what? What they're doing is they're looking for that city that is set up on a hill. And what that is, is the church. It's the church body. It's the church body that no matter where you are, you could be way up over there. You could be way back there. You could be down the street over there, but if I could just find myself to those three crosses, if I can find myself to get back in that place where I can hear that apostolic doctrine one more time, if I can get back to that place where I can hear that God is able to restore me, he will take my repentance and work some stuff out for the good, get me back to that place. Get me back to that place. I want, I want to find out where that city is. <laughs> Give the Lord a hand clap of praise because the fact is, is he's worthy. 
He's worthy. This church is a landmark for thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people in this city. Pastor said it right. If, if, we're, if, we, if we really get a glimpse of what God's about to do, this place could be packed out so much that we have to go to multiple services. We have to look for a new location. We have to, we have to, we have to, because people are desperately hungry to find that peace and that rest, that light, that city of refuge yet one more time. But the question I have for you today is, are we that salt that God wants us to be? Are we that city? We can have the three crosses up here. I'm not trying to be ugly or be whatever. We can have the three crosses up here. We can have great music, and we do. I heard when I walked in this morning, I heard some stuff that you're going to hear in a minute. And I was like, whoo, whoo, whoo. It's about to jerk the, the, the praise out of me. <laughs> We're blessed when it comes to all that. But we should never forget the fact that there's people that are outside of our four walls. There's people right now that are so hungry and desperate for a move of God, they don't even know what to do. And the place they ought to be able to come to is Calvary Tabernacle. The place they need to be able to come to is this city of refuge and let God restore, replenish, wash over, cleanse, and purify. Well, well what if they look like this and smell like that? I already know enough by listening to Pastor's vision. It, him and I, I I'm, on, I'm on par with him. All day, every way <laughs> that you can say. Come on in, tatted one. Come on in, drug head. Come on in, alcoholic. Come on in, abuser. Come on in. I know where you're, I know, I know. This is uncomfortable because you might just have somebody sit in your seat. You might have somebody get in your place. But the cool part is if we understand the mission, if we understand what God's wanting to do with us, we will love the mess, the hell out of everybody that walks into this church. We'll take our beautiful clothes and wrap it around some person that just came out of the pig pen and say, welcome home, baby. Welcome home. We've been doing a great job. I remember a brother, I'm, I think he, uh, I remember a brother that came up here a couple of months ago and he came down and I don't even know that he was ready to come down to the altar. He hadn't been, he hadn't been, to the, he hadn't darkened the doors of this church in a minute from what I understand. And he came down and I'm going to tell you what, I watched so many of you gather around him and lay hands on him and love on him and hug on him. Do you know what a backslider feels like when they walk into that? You say, well, I don't see him here today. I don't see her here today. Do you know the impact of what that has made, the impression that that has made in their life? They're not, they don't, they may have walked away with a bad taste in their mouth yesteryear, but when they just came back to do a little visit, they're like, taste and see that the Lord is good. Whoa, I felt, I haven't felt goosebumps. I haven't, I started having stammering lips again. I started feeling the spirit move on me as the spirit gives utter. That's the power of an almighty working God that we serve and are living for. Uh, time's already speedily getting in my way here. Just don't forget the prodigals. Don't forget the folks that's outside of these walls that are, that are going. When I think about, I just got to take one pregnant pause. Matt, Matt where are you at, Mac? Neil Mac. You think it's an accident that Neil Max back here at this time frame? Him and his lovely family. You think that's by accident? 
You think they just got squirrely? I'm calling you on the carpet because you're my friend. You think he just got weak need, couldn't handle the pressure, and so he buckled and came back to the only safe place he can come to? If you know him, he's one of the biggest blockheads you'll ever meet in your entire life. He is such a strong-willed individual, and his wife is right behind him. You wouldn't know until you saw her on a pickleball court. Then she starts singing, mercy said no. Not letting this ball go. <laughs> you, think, you think it's by happenstance that you have a brother Trano, a sister Trano and their family here by accident? You think they were running from a call of God or running from something up north to be here? No, this brother right here has been here because he's appointed for such a time as, as this right now to all of a sudden start working and moving in a place that this church is now prepared to be able to facilitate. You think that Pastor Carson's here by accident? I'm not here picking a message. I didn't even know this man before we came here. I didn't even know this man before we came here. And I got to meet him and his lovely wife and his children. Got to, I got the privilege to work with Canaan just for a little bit. And I'm going to tell you what. You think it's by accident? I've heard negative talk. I've heard trash talk. But that stuff doesn't mean nothing. It's water off a duck's back when you take a look at what the Lord has done. The proof is in the pudding, baby. The proof is in the pudding. This is not by accident. Look at Brother Lopez, who I love to pieces. And I also love to mess with him, too, because he always throwing me under the bus. He is a spiritual Joseph to me. Went from the prison to the palace. This dude don't deserve to be here. He don't. He don't. But look what the Lord has done. And has his lovely family... Done an amazing job, Sister Lopez. Unbelievable soul winner, prayer warrior. You think this was by accident? No, they're the salt of the earth. No, they're the light of the world, shining forth in the darkness. My word, our God is good. Give that hand clap unto the Lord. Bless the name of the Lord, hallelujah. This is going to sound arrogant and cocky, but I thought, I thought me and my family were going to be in Salt Lake City till the day we died. I knew in my mind, I'm being very transparent here. I knew in my mind that if we tried to leave Salt Lake, if we tried to leave that mission field and go to take a church that's already got 100, 200, 300 people, that we would ultimately fail because that's not where God wanted us to be. He wanted us in Salt Lake City. And the day, the morning, I got it right here vividly in my mind. When he came to me, the presence of the Lord came to me. And he says, now it's time for you to go back to Indianapolis. I was not thinking Indianapolis, Calvary Tabernacle, to be honest with you. But that's where he told me that we're going. You're going back to Calvary Tabernacle. He spoke some things. The Lord's real God, man. He's not, some, <laughs> not a figment of my imagination. He spoke to me about my beautiful daughter right there and gave me some very clear instruction in how she was supposed to go back to CCS to gain some things and that God was going to pour into her. Who knew when I got here that I would meet a brother Carson? A brother Josh Carson that for, uh, now he's a polished version of who I might be someday. <laughs> I'm not there, okay? I'm not there, but I will tell you where I am there at, and that's being the kindred spirit. 
I got the same passion. When this guy gets up and preaches, I feel the Holy Ghost so strong that how can I not say, amen, amen, preach it, pastor. I'm proud to be at this church. I know there's some that's been disgruntled. Tough luck, duck. Get it, pastor. Preach, pastor. I need to be saved. I want, my, I want my family to be saved. Don't play around right here. Get with it, pastor. We got a city to reach. We got people that are lost and on their way to a devil's hell. Come on, pastor. Do what only God's called you to do. Amen? God's called us to be a light. I used a little illustration. I'm going to use it again because I'm cheap. But are you asleep? God's called us to be a light. And how effective do we want to be? We can walk around. You ever see somebody's got a phone in their pocket that the light's still on? And you see that little dot? You ain't leading nobody nowhere. I say that, but do you know that that little bit of light can still bring direction for somebody's life that's in total darkness? It don't take a whole lot. I wish, I wish I had time to plan it out. I'd have the lights all go dim and I'd have five of you pull out a, and specifically five of you pull out your little phone and shine your light and see how much all of a sudden starts to get illuminated by these little tiny lights. I was reminded of it here when I was doing some work back here during the project, uh, the remodeling project. I was back there and I, I came here early one morning or late one night, I can't remember, but I was, I was here and it was pitch black in this place. You got black ceilings, black walls, black, it was just black. And, and I couldn't see nothing. I tripped and stumbled on something. Like, Get your phone out. And I pulled that dude out, and I was like, whoa, how much light can this little phone? Do you know what? You don't realize maybe, maybe to its fullest effect, but you have power in you from the glory of God to shine forth into darkness and cause hunger to start taking place in each person you meet. You do. Somebody point to yourself say, me? Say, yeah, me. Me and my daughter, I told her I was going to bring an illustration up. Sometimes she'll get on my case. She's like, Dad, you're so prideful. I'm like, you crazy lady. I'm like, when I, before Christ, BC, yeah, I was a little bit, uh, I was a little bit prideful. But when you know whose you are, it changes everything. Not who you are, but whose you are. And all of a sudden, I started realizing back, way back when, I'm a king's kid. And when you realize that, all of a sudden, I can walk different. I can talk different. I can dress different and come across to people different than what I ever was before I met Christ. And it's happened over and over and over again. I'm out of time, but I will tell you, I, I have to just tell you this. If you've not won a soul, if you've, not, if you've not gotten out here as a disciple of Christ and started loving on somebody, and you're fearful, fear is of the devil. He's here to bring confusion. He's here to cause all kind of stress and havoc. He's trying to stop your mouth. I hear people talk about, well, all you got to do to be a Christian at the minimum, if you, at the minimum, just keep, just keep living for Christ, but keep your, all else fails, keep your mouth shut or some kind of crazy. No, open your mouth. We all are fallen people. We're all fallen people. You look at me very close, I'm a fallen man, but I'm still going to, I'm going to edify and exalt the one who can. Amen. I'm still going to lift him up, even in my failures and my shortcomings. And it's no different with you. Stop letting it be an excuse of why you can't get involved with God, what God wants you to do. And this is the last thing I'm going to say, and I am closing is this. Look, take a look around this church. See who's bringing people up to get baptized. 
Look at who's out here at the fellowship, whatever that area is called, the gathering hall. Look at who's giving Bible studies. You want to be a soul winner? Get around people like that. You want to be a soul winner? Get around people like that. We have outreach endeavors. I hear Trano's on me all the time. He does believe in guilt tripping, and he gets on me all the time about getting out here in the streets. Look, there's no excuses. This is the day and hour. This is the day. This is the day. It's your time. It's my time. It's our time to shine like never before. God is good all the time. All the time. Our God is good. I have, to, I have to close, but as we stand, I want, you, I want you to think seriously about this one thing I'm going to try to give you. I'm going to give you a charge. It, it's, been, it's been brought up in multiple services, multiple things. Pastors been bringing different folks in here that's been saying the same thing. Ultimately, it's our time to shine. The, the, the baton's been passed. It's in our hand. What are we going to do with it? What are we going to do with it? And here's the thing, I'm challenging you. If you don't know, you don't know how to do it, you're afraid, you're fearful. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. God used a lot of people that were fearful and turned them into to men of valor, women of valor, okay? He can do the same thing with you. I want you to take some time and I want you to pray, God, how can I be better used as salt of this earth? God, how can I be the light, the light of the earth? How can I be a city on a hill? I've got people all around me that are on their way to a devil's hell. How can I get myself stirred up and get online, in line with your purpose and plan for me to reach to these people? Let it be done. By, by a lifting of your hands, will somebody say, I've been challenged today that I'm going to try to do my best to start being more salt, more light, more city set up on a hill. I'm going to try. I'm not trying to win 100 people this year. Some of you have that capacity. I'm going to try to win one person. I'm going to invest in one person, and I'm not going to let go. I'm going to fight hell with everything God gives me, and I'm not letting go, and I'm going to fulfill what God's called me to do. Can somebody say amen? Amen. amen. One quick prayer. I'm already in trouble. Jesus, in your name, I thank you for all that you are, for all that you've done, and how that you have blessed us abundantly. You are such an amazing God. Help us to get our eyes off the giant, off of fear, off of our inadequacies and where our failures are, and help us to get it back on the fact that you are a good God, a great God that knows how to work all things out for the good, and that we follow you with faith in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody say amen.